eyes or touch or feel or taste. Lord, your, your word shows us things in the spirit. And Lord, sometimes it takes your spirit to actually open our eyes, spiritual eyes, the eyes of our heart, to even see these things. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would help all of us, including me, <laughs> to see all that you're trying to share tonight. I, pray, I know, oh Lord, that people are going to be blessed and encouraged and even challenged. But, Lord, that's what we need. We need to be challenged. Lord, there's so much more always, although you have for us. And we should never, we should always be running, oh, Lord, this race, oh, Lord, into your arms and just enjoying all that you have for us. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. So before I share, so there's going to be some testimonies I share. And I want you guys to know that um, the things that I'm sharing, it's, I'm not sharing as if I have arrived, you know. This is a journey, you know, and some of the things I'm sharing that the victories I'm, I'm going to share with you guys, they sound amazing, but there's probably uh, way more failures are not quite theirs <laughs> than these, um, these victories that I, I've had. I just want to share the victories because these are the times that these, the, the things that I'm going to share, you know, they work for me and they went through for me and I believe they work for you um, just as an illustration. So, um, so let's read uh, Hebrews 11 and 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. How important is faith to the Christian walk? All right. Now, please him doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Because if your goal is for him to love you, guess what? He loves everybody. He proved his love to the whole world, you know? He loves everybody, and he loves everybody equally, you know? And it's not that uh, please doesn't mean accepted, because those who have received him as Lord and Savior has been accepted into the family of God. You are his children, all right? And he loves you beyond your imagination, you can sit and say, well, if I had a father that loved me, that was king of the world, and he was going to show his love toward me, I mean, even, that would be even more than that is what, how God loves us. But just like any father that has a son or a daughter, he wants them to low, um, learn, not low, learn, right? He wants them to grow, and he wants them to come into their destiny, right? That's what really pleases a father, but without faith, you'll never, never get there. It's impossible. Faith is important. He also says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He wants us to come after him, run after him, you know, and know that he is a good God and he rewards those who seek him. Uh, next verse is Romans 1 and 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So those who have been saved and been made righteous, because we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ, right? The way we live is by faith. So we really need to understand what this faith is. How does this faith work? Because if we're not living by faith, it's hard to live, live completely righteous lives. Because we have to live by faith. Um, 
and then Romans 14 and 23. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Do you know that everything you do should be done in faith? And if it's not in faith, it's sin. We've fallen short. Okay? It's not like, oh, you're not saved. It's just, you're not quite there yet. (laughs) Not where God really wants you to be. Because, you know, a lot of people come up here and they, they beat their chest and say, look how spiritual I am. But until they reach the level of Jesus Christ, they don't have any right to come up here and beat their chest and say, look at me. <laughs> and neither do any of us, you know. And we do also make a mistake when we look at other, other Christians and say, oh, my gosh, look at them. They're so spiritual. I'll never get to that point. That's wrong, too. Because whatever they have done, whatever God has done in their lives, it is just an, an open door now for you to believe and walk in faith toward, and you can receive it too. Every testimony that you hear is a possibility for you because God has no favorites. But the only way you're going to get there is to walk by faith. So faith is very important. We need to learn, okay? This, is, um, so, uh, this comes from lessons from... McPherson, all right? He's got seven lessons. This is lesson one, and this is notes that I took, and so I'm going to share these things, and then I'm going to share a couple of testimonies on top of that also. So um, one thing he starts with is Vince Lombardi, all right? Um, this reference in faith. So Vince Lombardi, you know, he, he was a famous coach. He's in the Hall of Fame for coaches, football coaches. But one thing he would do at the start of, of, um, of the season um, when they're practicing is he would come out to the middle of the field, got every, get everybody gathered around him, and say, we're going to start from the basics. Fellas, guys, this is a football. <laughs> he, w- he would describe it in great detail. You know, so basically he the way he won football um, games with his team is that they majored on the basics, you know, not the frilly trick plays and all this stuff. But they majored, they focused on the basics because if they had the basics down, he knew they could win football games. And it's the same thing in our life. And this is in reference to faith. If we can understand faith, the basics of faith, then we can win in this game of life the way we're supposed to as sons and daughters of the one and only living God. So just some references. So a faith in the Old Testament, and the Hebrew word for that is imuna, firmness, fidelity, steadfastness, and steadiness. Faith is only used twice is your fill-in in the Old Testament. The whole Old Testament, there's two references to faith. This shows you that the Old Testament is not of faith. So uh, one, so those two references, and we're not going to read them, it's Deuteronomy 32, 20, and then Habakkuk 2 and 4. Habakkuk. Um, the first is, uh, is saying that Israel had no faith, The next reference is prophetic, looking forward to our day. So even that second one really doesn't really count because it didn't have anything to do with the Old Testament. It was actually foretelling for our day. So see, this shows that the law is not of faith. So Galatians 3 and 12 says, The law is not of faith, 
but the man who does them shall live by them. So D says, out of the 613 commands of the law, not one of them was to pray. Can you believe that? In the New, New Covenant, it was exhorted repeatedly to pray without ceasing. What is prayer? It's two-way communication between you and your loving Father, who is represented by the Holy Spirit who lives in you. How do you do that? How do you pray without ceasing? You can always be aware and know that the Holy Spirit lives in you. And he's always ready to talk about any little thing or any big thing. Just knowing that he's there and having a sense in your heart that you know that he's there is praying without ceasing. It's communicating with the Father. So you can walk through your every day, every second of every day, and be in prayer. You know? You're, you're looking at something, but you're always looking to the Holy Spirit. You have something to say, Holy Spirit. <laughs> So you can literally pray without ceasing. Anyway, so number two, faith in the New Testament. Now, this is a huge contrast. Faith in, in the Greek means is pistis. And this is a noun, a person, place, a thing. And it means to win over, persuade, persuasion, confidence, assurance, and conviction. But there's another word that we use for faith sometimes. It's believe, believing. And that, uh, the believe, a Greek word is pistio, which comes from pistis. But it is the verb form of pistis. Um, and it is to have faith and trust, put in trust with. So Galatians 3 and 22 says, Oh, I put 12 in there. The law is not Maybe I don't have that one. Do you have that one? Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> well, while he's bringing that one up, uh, A says, pistis, which is faith. Oh, there he goes. But the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. Okay? These are two different words. This faith is pistis, who believe is let me make sure I say this right. Pastillo. Pastillo. <laughs> Faith is a noun. I believe is the verb, is the action of it, okay? So B says, script, the scriptural definition of faith is Hebrews 11 and 1. And we've all read this one and, and been taught about this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the word substance is hypostasis, the foundation, the ground of confidence, assurance, guarantee, or proof. And then also evidence, which is um, in the Greek is elagchos, a proof that by which a thing is proved or tested. But if you want, you got to say now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is not faith. But without hope, you can't have faith. So hope comes before faith. So you're hoping for something, then you put your faith out there to, um, to, to actually receive it. So let's see. Um, 
So that, that was B. So evident, let's see, substance and evidence. Did I say D? Okay. The number D. I may, may have a different number. The note D. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Pistis, faith, word, is used 244 times. And the word pistio, believe, is used 250 times. So the New Testament is definitely a book about faith. So the total is 494 times. Sorry about that. New Testament is a book of faith. So basically the substance and evidence is sums up to this. It's hard assurance. It's deep down in your heart. You know that you have what you've asked of God, even though you don't see it. All right? So you hope for something. Um, when someone hears about Jesus Christ for the first time, he may not, never even heard. He might even, somebody might have said something about Jesus, but never really heard that through Jesus he saves. Well, then what happens is hope comes, right? But he is not really ready to, by faith, put his faith out there to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. So there's a hope there that he's building on. And if he continues to read and listen and hear about Jesus, then eventually faith may arise, and then he can act on that faith and receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior. So hope is important. I'm not saying hope is not important because it is. It is. You have to have hope before faith comes. Okay? So C is there is an unseen spirit, that's your fill-in, realm, where truth resides. It's after, after substance and evidence. I believe it, is it C for you guys? Okay. So it, there is an unseen spirit realm where truth resides. So this realm, uh, the, the realm we live in, is the realm of facts. So let's read Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Okay, now, so everything you need or could ever need, God has already given to you in the Spirit. Well, Pastor Tim, what good is that going to do me way up there? (laughs) We don't want it up there, we want it here. (laughs) But you have to know and understand that by faith, through Jesus Christ, in, in Christ, God has already given us everything we need, whether it's protection, provision, healing, salvation, wisdom, understanding, right? Peace, joy. It is all yours in the spirit. So if you could see it, your spirit person, you would see that it has everything. It does not need healing or provision or protection or peace. It already has it. It's, it's already there. But guess what? What we are aware of is what we see, taste, feel, you know, uh, hear. 
That's the things that we're mostly aware of. The only way we can see what's in the spirit realm, what we actually have, is when we look in the word of God. All right? It's almost like you're looking, looking through a scope and says, oh, I've got that. That's mine too. That's mine too. That's mine too. That's mine too. Wow. That's what the word of God does for us. Okay? So it's there. So, well, how do we get it from there to here so that now we're walking in it, we're talking in it, we're, we're living it? Well, that comes by faith. That's why faith is so important. So, understand that by in the Spirit, you have everything. But what we want to do is get it from the Spirit and be able to receive it. All right, so the facts never change the truth. The facts that you live here on the earth can never change the truth that's in the Spirit. But the truth can change the facts. The truth of God's Word will can change your facts, what you're dealing with, what you're having to live with now can change by the truth that is in the Spirit. Faith brings into this realm what is true in the Spirit realm. Faith brings into this realm what is true in the Spirit realm. Faith does not create anything, by the way. It merely brings manifestation to what exists or is true already in the Spirit realm. Okay? If it's not already done in the spirit realm, you can't have it. You can't use your faith to get something that you don't already have in the spirit, that Jesus Christ has already done. You can't receive it. To know what that is, you've got to read the New Testament. You've got to know what, it, what he says is yours in Christ Jesus. So the next one is, faith is the assurance of having what you can't detect with your physical senses. If you wonder if you are in faith, just ask yourself this. Am I assured in my heart of having what I believe for? That assurance is proof it is your faith or it's yours. Okay? Now we're going to work on some steps on how do we get what's in the spirit here so that we can live in it and we can walk it out. So there's some things that we need to know and understand. So faith comes by the word of God, okay? So Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, okay? And so um, the word of God is the foundation, is your fill-in, for biblical faith. Where it says the word, um, it says, by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it's the rhema word of God. And that the Greek definition of that is to speak, that which is spoken, a statement, and a word. Okay? So the Bible that you, ho- you hold is the logos. It's the written word of God. But when you ri- you're reading that word and all of a sudden that word leaps out at you, and all, it's like it becomes alive in you, becomes living in you, that is when you have heard, you've got the rhema. And it, of, of the word. And if you step out on that word, believing that you received, then you will have it. Okay? So I'll give you an example. All right? Uh, when I was first saved, probably three months in, um, since as long as I can remember, uh, which is way back when I was four years old, I used to have night terrors. Okay? 
to where I would wake up screaming and I'd run to my mom and dad crying out and they couldn't help me. They didn't understand. But something evil would come into my room and absolutely terrify me. Well, I got to my dad. My dad was just fed up. He whipped me, put me on my knees in the living room and says, when you stop crying, you can go to bed. (laughs) So after that, I knew I couldn't go to them. I couldn't run to them, you know. So I didn't get saved until I was 17. So when this presence would come, this evil presence would come, I, my hair would stand up on my arm. I would have chills. I mean, this thing was real. Well, I couldn't express it to my mom and my dad about it, but it was real, so real to me, you know. I would stand up on my bed, right, and I would get the courage, and I would leap off my bed because I didn't want whatever that was I was feeling in the room to be under and grab me or something. <laughs> I mean, even at 17, I was terrified, all right, for my whole life, up until this, this time I'm about to share, I would have the lights on. I, would, I never slept without the lights off. I couldn't do it. I was too scared to, to do that, you know? So three months after I got saved, I heard the preacher preach, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And it just exploded in me. And God says, next time that spirit comes, you tell him that. So I was just like, well, I'm ready. Now, I could have I taken that and just put it aside. Oh, what was that? You know, just, but no, I was excited. I was ready. I was expecting, you know. So the next time that presence came in my room, uh, and, it came, and my, the hair on my, on my arm stood up, and I had these chills, and I pointed at the doorway, and I said, greater is he, Jesus, in me than you is in this world. And <laughs> that presence left. And I laid there, and I had such a peace and such an assurance. I was just like, I'm free. <laughs> I was so assured that this was, it was a done deal. I got up, and I turned the lights out, and I went to bed. Okay? Now, I didn't understand what faith is, but that's a demonstration of faith. All right? You can hear the word and hear the word, but until God speaks it to you and becomes alive and then you take it and apply it, that's when you can use your faith and you can see something like that happen. That's how miracles happen. The rhema word of God. Another situation. I'm saved. I'm in school. I'm part of the FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, in my high school. So we met like every couple of weeks, but I missed one week. So the next meeting we have, they informed me that I was going to have to go and uh, preach a sermonette and go against the other schools, the other boys in the other schools. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> that was really rotten. I don't know anything. I'm still learning. Why do you do this to me? Is it because I wasn't here and nobody else wanted to do it? And they basically confessed that, yeah, that's, that's why. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And so, they're, they're, you know, some are like, well, we'll help you. And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. Well, we'll help you. Well, the next Sunday, the pastor t- uh, preaches a word. And he says, look, uh, it says that don't worry about what you're going to say when you're brought before governors and, and all these things. But in that very hour, I will give you what to say. So I'm like, that's my answer. 
you know? I took that, and I'm like, that's it. So it was like four weeks before it happened. So every time they ask me, oh, how are you doing with uh, your sermon? I says, well, God's going to give me what, you know, that, the word that I, I need to share that, that very hour, you know? So you don't have anything? I, no, I don't have anything. <laughs> They'd ask me again, and they're like, try to persuade me. Look, come on, let's just sit down, and I'll help you. I'm like, no, no, God said. <laughs> In that very hour, he's going to give me what to say. And so I was scared, but I kept saying that over and over again, you know? So um, I was dating the pastor's daughter, started dating the pastor's daughter. I went to go pick her up, and I'm sitting, sitting waiting for her, and all of a sudden the song comes on by Carmen, Carmen uh, which is the champion. And I'm listening, and all of a sudden God starts downloading to me. And I'm like, give me a piece of paper and pen, quick! <laughs> So I go and I write it all down and, and everything, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> so I, I go and I share, I want, win, they bring me the, a crown, and I'm like, I do not want that, I don't deserve that, you know? And here are these guys have been done it for all, but it's by faith. Even though I didn't understand what faith is or how it worked or anything like that, but, and I was just a baby Christian, it did not matter when you take the principles of hearing God, stepping out in God, putting your faith, your trust in his word, his spoken word to you personally for the situation that you're in at this time, then it will work. Faith comes by communicated word of God to your heart heart seek God for every situation and believe and believe or do what he says two ways to react to what God says okay you can believe it and speak it or do it uh, B says what many people call faith is not because it is not founded on the revealed word or will of God to the individual so the things I shared in even those two situations if you came into the same situation you shouldn't try to take what I, the word that I received for the, my situation and use it for yourself the very first thing that people always miss when pe- somebody testified is they went, to, they went from God, they heard from God, and then they said, they spoke, or they did what God says. So when you hear someone's testimony, it is not a formula for you to do so that you could get the same result because it's not going to work. What works is when you have that personal relationship that you go to God yourself and you ask for help and then he speaks to you, all right? So number four says, there is a big difference between faith, hope, foolishness, and presumption, okay? And these are very, very, we need to understand these things so we don't fall into or think we're in faith when we're not, okay? So A is hope, Hope is not faith. You hear truth, hear the truth, but are not con- yet convinced that it is some that that's someone who prays, if it be your will, is in hope and not in faith. They're hoping God hears them and answers, 
but they don't know that God hears and answers. So hope is not going to work, not going to get what God has promised into your possession. Okay? So faith, B, faith is hearing and then believing. And then I shared the FCA preaching contest testimony already. I heard, I believed, I anticipated, and was even, well, even in fear, really. Do you know you can walk in faith and still fear be there? <laughs> fear could still be there, and yet you're still walking in faith. So don't, don't think that just because you're, you're kind of scared of a situation that God is leading you into, don't think that, well, I'm in fear, so I shouldn't do it. You don't, don't speak to the fear or don't accept the fear. Don't give word to that fear, you know? Like um, if you're having a talk in front of a, a big group of people and you've gotten your word, God says, I'm with you. You don't have to stand by yourself. Well, that's the word you should stand on. Now, fear is going to come in and go, oh, you're going to mess up and, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden you're nervous and then you start telling people, oh, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous about going up here. And guess what? You come up here and you're so nervous, you kind of have a hard time saying the things that you, you had planned to say and God gave you to say. So don't give voice to your fear. Only speak what God has spoken to you. Speak it out. So foolishness, see, is foolishness. It's what some call the leap of faith. There is no such thing as the leap of faith. The leap of faith is, well, I, I'm going to believe it and I'm going to go out and do it, but you didn't get the word of God on it. Your personal word on the, for your situation. And then you go out and you do something. So I had a situation where I was uh, doing some work and I was working out of my two-door Nissan. Uh, basically, I was going around knocking on doors and handing out cards about cleaning carpets. And I had my, my carpet cleaning machine in the back of my car, but I would park way down the street. Um, so when I knocked and then somebody agreed to it, then I'd pull my car over there and they, they're looking like, what? <laughs> I didn't want to see my car. <laughs> but I go in there and I would do an excellent job. So I always, I, it was, it was always good in the end. But at first they were like looking like, whoa, wait a minute. you know, what did I just sign up for? <laughs> so I was like, I need a van. I need a van. So I was praying, and God led me to the papers, and I saw this, this van, and they wanted like $6,000 for it. So I prayed about it, and I really felt God's like, give them a call. So I gave them a call, and I was going, going to, to see it. And I said, God, is this the van that I'm supposed to have? And I had such a peace and a confirmation in my heart about it. So I'm going. I'm driving to get there. But I said, God, I don't have all the money. I had like, I think I had $800. I didn't have the $6,000. But God, I felt sure that God was leading me that way. And I had this peace. So I'm like, you know. So I get there, and the van was just perfect for what I needed. And so, but then I explained the situation, that I was a believer, I was praying, and this is my business, and I have a business, and blah, 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 blah. And they say, no, we won't do it. And I'm like, well, I must have not heard from God. I was so disappointed. I was so hurt. And I was sharing with my friend, you know, about this. And he goes, oh, you just need to take a leap of faith. God, God is going to hold you up. You just need to go and go, go try to get a new van. Forget this used van. <laughs> Forget this used van. 
you go get yourself a new van. <laughs> and I'm like, well, he goes, if you have faith, if you trust in God, that's, what, that, that, that's exactly what you need to do. I'm like, oh, golly. So I went and took a leap in, of faith. <laughs> I got the van. And oh, my gosh, my, it, it, just, it was a bad thing. And it was not, that was not God at all. So after, after about a month, these people called me back from the original van, and they said, you know, we've been praying, and we really feel that, yeah, God's telling us just to let you make payments. And then that's when I knew that I knew that I knew I messed up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So sometimes, you know, you might uh, be disappointed on your walk of faith toward what God says is already yours. But just know, no matter what, you, what happens, if God said, God said, I had the assurance, you know, that it was mine. And if I would have held out, I would have got that van and would have been, been perfect and definitely way better than the new van that I, I couldn't afford the payments on. The leap of faith. Don't go there. <laughs> it will cause you a lot of pain, let me tell you. So D is presumption. Throwing away your glasses or your medication. You hear a testimony that someone went to God and God, God says, you're healed. Throw your glasses away. So they throw their glasses away. And guess what? Because they heard God and they put their faith in, in what God said. Their eyes was completely healed. And they didn't need their glasses anymore. And someone hears that and they go, oh, well, I, I can do that too. I'm going to throw my glasses away. Well, if that's you, don't drive near me. <laughs> don't do that. You need to have God's personal word on your situation and then you do what he tells you to do okay you get god's word his rhema for you and then you stand on believe and trust that god is going to come through to his promise okay a lot of people get in trouble with this as far as, as, far as medications there's people who have christians who love god who have died because they, someone told them, if you're in faith, you'll just throw your, your medications away. That is not true faith. If God, now, if they went to God and they heard from God and they knew in their heart they heard from God, you know, and, and then they were standing there and God said, throw your medication away, then guess what? Well, if you throw your medication away, God, that's the act of faith and God will heal you. But you need to know that you know that you know that it is God. Don't go, oh, that's the formula for me to, to get healed is just throw my pills away? I can do that. That's easy. And then I'll, uh, you're, in, you're in big trouble. Said heart assurance. Deep down in your heart, you know that you have what you've asked of God, even though you don't see it yet. Okay. I was just thinking, but okay. So um, 
did you know that Peter did not walk on the water? What do you mean? I know he walked on the water. Well, let's read the story. All right. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So, Peter didn't walk on the water, he walked on Jesus' word. That word, come. He heard from God. He had a situation he was praying about, Lord, if, it, if it's you, if you have a situation, an impossible situation, you know, and, you, and Jesus is there, and then you say, Jesus, you know, if it's you, and then he says, yeah, it's me, do this. Well, then you know what? You, then you can step out. Now, say Matthew, who is in the boat, sees Peter getting out of the water and getting out in the boat. And I'm like, well, if he did it, I can do it too. And he jumps out of the boat. You know what would happen? He would go right down in the water. Why? Because he did not have that word come. Now, he could have asked Jesus, Jesus, can, can you say come to me too? And then he could have got out of that boat and walked on the water. So before you step out, make sure you've got God's word on it. Make sure you know it's him. Make sure you've got, you know that you know that you know that he spoke it and that it's him. Don't step out otherwise. Okay, so number five says, the connection between hearing and faith. So Acts 15 and 7. Let's see. Oh, uh, before Peter walked on the water, he first walked on the rhema word, come. Okay. So uh, Acts 15 and 7, and when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to, to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Say hear, hear. believe. You got to hear it before you can believe it. So faith comes by hearing. Right? So Romans uh, 10 and 14 says, And how then should they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him and whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So they have to hear, and then they can believe. So uh, Galatians, uh, Acts 4 and 4 says, However, many of those who heard the word believed, they heard the word and believed. Galatians 3 and 2. Is that on there? Oh, that's right. I, I'm like, I forgot I said that was enough. Enough scriptures. <laughs> that's plenty. So you need, to, you need to hear the word of God, the rhema word of God on whatever the situation is, and then believe, and then walk it out, and you can receive. 
Let's see. So A says, Bible faith is persuaded, is your fill-in, persuaded, about spiritual, spiritual truth over temporal facts. So we read uh, Ephesians 1 and 3, but we'll read it again because it's actually very important that we get this down in our heart. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in the heavenlies, in the spirit, you've got everything you ever could need. You, you need to meditate on that. You need to get to where you believe that, because if you don't believe that, it's going to be hard to receive. Let's see. So an example would be a title deed to property you have, you have in another state. All right. So you purchase some property, right, but you've never seen it. You know, uh, it's in another state, but you've been given the title deed. So someone can tell, come to you and says, no, you don't own that land. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I've got the title deed. I've got a reputable um company that represented this, these people, it is mine, all right? So maybe I haven't seen it yet, but it's mine. That's the same thing in the spirit. God said, it's yours. And maybe you have not seen it yet, but you possess it. Don't let the devil or anyone else convince you otherwise. Okay? So C is an example of a train. All right? The locomotive is the truth. So here you are. You're, you're, you're driving down. You're coming to a railroad crossing. And here, oh, dang it. Ding, 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 ding. Here comes the arms. You're like, oh, boy, here comes, the, here comes a train. So what's pulling the train is the locomotive. And then you have a bunch of boxcars. And then at the end, there's a caboose. Right? Now, you're really looking for the caboose. And sometimes, you know, oh, there's not many boxcars. And then, bam, here's the caboose. And you're like, yay! Not very long train. Didn't take that much time. Sometimes, as far as you can see, there's boxcar, boxcar, boxcar. You can't even see it. All right? Well, the same thing with the truth. A lot of times, we, our faith is what connects the locomotive, which is the truth, to your caboose, which is the thing that you're looking to receive. So it's almost like, here's a train coming from, from the spirit, right? The spirit realm. And the truth is bringing to you what you're praying for, what you're believing for, all right? So you're waiting patiently, but, but instead of going, you know what, I, I'm tired of this. You, you back up a little bit, and you turn around, you go, you try to find another way. <laughs> instead of knowing that if God said it, it's the truth, I'm going to stay here until I see my caboose. <laughs> I'm going to get what God promised me. All right? Now, one thing you want to do is never put God on a timeline. Praise, oh, I love when it is not many boxcars before my caboose comes or my answer comes. I absolutely, oh my gosh, I just rejoice when that happens. And, but, you know, sometimes there's a long suffering time of believing and then eventually it comes and i've had both of those things in my life or even even it seems like that caboose is that the train slows down the caboose is slow i see the caboose but it's not it's not quite past yet <laughs> i've got some of those too <laughs> but keep your eye on the truth because it's what's going to pull 
your faith, which then is attached to the caboose, what you're looking for. So I've had some short, short times of faith and believing, you know. Um, I had a word. Word was giving, word of knowledge given. It says, someone here has been dealing with acid reflux for a very long time. And God said, he's healing you today. If that's you, stand up. So I jumped up. I'm like, that is me. I am tired of this stuff. I have been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And I, for some reason, I had not, hadn't gotten my answer. So um, I go home and I said, okay, God, I've gotten the word, but, you know, I'm still dealing with this. I have no change. So I said, God, what? What's going on? So God said for me to write scriptures down on a card, a note card, to put them above my medicine cabinet, for me to continue taking my medication. Before I took my medication, I would read those scriptures and say, I thank you that by your stripes I was healed. I thank you for the benefits that come from knowing you, okay, about being healed. And then I would take my medication. Well, after a week, God said, all right, continue reading the scriptures like I've told you to, but only take half of your medication. So I stopped taking half of my medication. Another week went by, and then God says, stop taking your medication. And from that point on, I was healed. Now, the severity of this, let me tell you, I had to sleep with five pillows behind me on an incline like this. And not only did I, ugh, but I, it was so bad, I would have to jump out of bed and run to the bathroom and throw up. Okay? And the worst culprit of causing me to do that was a banana. Bananas. <laughs> That's why I have this banana on here. When I see a banana, I rejoice. <laughs> I actually love bananas. Bananas are delicious. Right? But, and so that's why I would fall into the trap. I'm like, I got to have it. I know it's going to cost me, but I got to have that banana. <laughs> you know, like banana, somebody doesn't like they're shaking their head. No, no, no. Nah. So, but it would be the worst thing. I knew that I was going to all night long. And it, it was so bad that I, I, didn't, I wouldn't get any sleep. And I was actually going off, passing out while I was driving, going off the road. That's how severe this was. God healed me. 100%, right? So from the time I got the word until the time of the manifestation, manifestation, it was like two weeks. And I'm like, yes, two weeks. <laughs> and I have other situations where I've been believing for a long time. And I've even had partial healing, but not the complete. But believe me, but I, my, my eye is on the truth. I'm going to get it completely. It's gonna, I, that caboose is going to completely pass me, and I'm going to have what I need and be able to walk on, you know? So um, you guys probably don't know this, but I, I've had to deal with a bout of uh, diabetes. Started not feeling well, started losing weight, and then I'm like, what's going on? So Diane, of course, you need to go to the doctor. <laughs> I go to the doctor. They check my sugar level. It's all close to 500. They're like, yeah, how are you even walking? <laughs> so 
So they put me on some medication, and then they came back. Well, it's, it's, it's 300 in the high 300s now, and so they put me on a shot, and now it's like in the 200s, and then they gave me another pill. And so I'm on like two different pills and, and a shot and all these things, but I'm like, no, God, by your stripes, I'm healed. All right? So, but I've come to the point where I'm down, I, stop, I stopped taking the shot, and then I'm now been able to take, get rid of one of my medications. So I've got one medication, and God's assured me here soon, he's going to tell me that, that I'm done with that one too. So I'm, gonna, I'm putting my hand, you know, the, for me to get where I want to go and where he wants me to go, where he said, he said for me he wants me to go, is I'm going to keep my hand in his, and I'm just going to continue to trust and know and believe. So another example. So, the train that brings your change is in the spiritual realm. The engine is the promised truth. And when we keep our faith, our eyes on that truth, not on the caboose, but on the truth, and thanking God for that, hey, this is true, then that truth will bring it to our circumstances or change our circumstances. Spiritual truth is unchanging, by the way. There is nothing you can do to change your, your spiritual truth. But... The truth can change your natural facts. So D, so we have two sets of eyes, by the way. Did you know that? Did you have two sets of eyes? So you're filling this two. You have your natural eyes. Of course, we know those. We use them all the time. But you have spiritual eyes, the eyes of your heart. So 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, We walk by faith, not by sight. So how do you walk? Oh, you, walk, you have a different set of eyes. All right? You have a different set of eyes. By his word, you know, we, we take steps. And by his word, it lights our path. But we have to see it in our heart. We have to know that we have eyes in our heart, and they're important. Second Corinthians 4 and 18 says, While we do not look at things which are seen. How do you look at things that which aren't, aren't seen? Wait a minute. But have things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things that are in spirit are eternal. They cannot be changed, but the things that we see with our natural eyes can change. They can be changed by the truth of God's word. You have eyes, a second set of eyes, the eyes of your heart. Uh, Ephesians 1 and 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, that their eye, the eyes of their understanding being enlightened. What are those eyes? It's the eyes of your heart. That you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? You have a second set of eyes. Paul's praying that we, we can start seeing with those second set of eyes what Jesus has, has bought and paid for us, which he's already given us. Believe it or not, our inheritance isn't for the future by and by in heaven. Our inheritance, everything that Jesus bought and paid for, has already been given to us in the Spirit. Okay, he's not waiting. He's not holding anything back, by the guys. It's all there in the spirit. 
So we have to be able to see with our, our spirit, our heart eyes, to see that it is true. And then by faith, believe that, we're gonna, we're gonna, that, that we have received and it's coming into the natural. So I'm going to read, uh, and I believe it's on your paper too, the, uh, Ephesians in the Passion. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Now, while, while back, I, I taught that your imagination is the eyes of your heart. Okay? So it's important what you imagine. Okay? As we are been taught over and over again to guard what we think about, we also need to guard about our imagination. If your imagination doesn't line up with the word of God, uh, the truth of God's word, then you're not going to receive what you're believing for. You have to see in your imagination that you have present possession in the spirit what you're believing for and what God says is yours. So this takes some practice. So, you know, you know, I told you about the FCA. I was scared, but I saw, I saw that God was going to give me it, give me the, the words or the, the answer what I was supposed to say. Did I see in my natural? I had, no, I had nothing. Hey, do you have, the, do you, have you started? No, I had nothing. But I knew in my heart, I saw in my heart that God had, had given me, was going to give me that, those words that I needed, and he did. It's very important. So that you may know what is the hope of his calling. So it starts with hope, but then faith comes. The inheritance has already been given. And guess what? You guys are going to be saints. You know, in the Catholic, you have, Catholic religion, to be a saint, you have to live a righteous life. You have to give to many. You have to serve. And you have to have miracles happen in your life. But guess what? As soon as you receive Christ, he's already made you a saint. You're already a saint. Uh, Ephesians 1 and 18 in the Amplified says, And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded with the light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish that hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. Wow. That is an awesome scripture. And they amplified there. It really brings out what we need to see and understand. It's just like if you, you know, um, if it's dark in here, you can't see. That's why he's praying that the Holy Spirit would, would light up the truth of what Jesus has already given us, hit the inheritance he has given us. And when you see that and you believe for it, then it can come into the natural. In the eyes of your heart, uh, if the eyes of your heart sees the same thing that your natural eyes see, then your circumstances will stay the same. You need to change what you see in the heart to the truth. Then your facts will change. All right? So if you have a situation and you're praying you believe in God for, you need to see that you already have your answer. So um, I was in a car accident, and they hit me so hard, they basically bent a one-ton work vehicle. They hit me so hard. It messed up my neck and my back, right? But you know what? In the spirit, I see myself, I see that my neck is completely straight, it's healed and whole. And I and that this has been another 
I've gotten partial healing, but I'm believing that it's, it's already done. So when I, when I pray, I see myself completely healed. Not only that, I'm like, you know what? I can go ahead and start planning because I'm already healed. So the things that maybe I can't do physically now, I will be able to do. And I'm thinking on those things and rejoicing, saying, God, this is going to be so awesome. <laughs> and that's where I'm staying. You're not going to push me anywhere. Devil's not going to get me off of that. I'm going to wait. I'm going to receive. That caboose is going to come and pass by me, and I'm going to have what I'm believing for. So number six, God's word is founded on his character. So Titus 1 and 2 says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. God cannot lie. When he speaks the truth to you, he illuminates that truth, he speaks that truth, you can go to the bank with it. All right? But if, you, if the devil convinces you or other people convince you that you don't have it, and you're like, well, I don't have it, so it, it might, it's sitting in the bank. <laughs> It really is, God, because God said it. You could believe him, but you believe the lie, and you don't ever go and receive. Hebrews uh, 6 and 18, <clears throat> that by two immutable things, immovable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie. Why do we believe what we could see if God said something different? Why do we believe something different that people say, oh, no, you're not healed you're, you're a fool. No, no, no. I am not the fool. If God said it, it's impossible for him to lie. It is mine. And you're not going to move me from it. I don't care what you say. <laughs> so A says, you, let's see. Oh, Romans 3 and 4. One more. Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar. If anyone says anything... That is contrary to what God has already said. That man is a liar. Now, I wouldn't recommend, you know, somebody says something that you, you go, you're a liar. <laughs> but in your heart, you could say, no, that's a lie. Because God said this. That's where I, my, my faith will stand and, set, and to stay. So A says, you settle in your heart. That what God says, he will do. He can't lie. If he said he'll do it, it's, it's as good as done. Okay. So, um, let's see. All right. So, number seven. Faith and believing. What's the difference? So, Bible faith believes the word of God, even if natural circumstances appear to oppose or deny it. And B says, spiritual maturity is your fill-in, is demonstrated by walking by faith and not by sight. Uh-oh, your HV, 25-year-old HVAC breaks down. And uh, what are you going to do? They're asking for $8,000, and you don't have $8,000. I'm trusting in God. I bring it to God, and God said, oh, actually, I did, took it to him this way. God, this didn't surprise you. What's your plan? <laughs> What's your plan? What's your answer? Well, I got a, a new HVAC system for 4000 3000 
came to me in a check given to me, and then small little other portions came in and covered the whole thing. Because God wasn't surprised. <laughs> God came through. So spiritual maturity, no matter what comes, when something happens, don't fall apart. Run to God. He's your father. He loves you. And because he loves you, he has got an answer for you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. And I know this is a long, it's a long teaching. I'm sorry. And actually, this is it's quite, uh, quite a bit smaller than um, when I first started. But we walk by faith and not by sight. All right. So maturity in Christ is someone who walks like Christ. And the fullness of Christ, he is our example. He is what we're learning and growing toward. Maturity, right? Some people think they've arrived, and they're it. They're, they're a man or a woman of faith and power. <laughs> but you know what? There, no one has come to the measure and the stature of Christ. So if you want to compare yourself to someone, don't compare to anybody else except Jesus Christ, and that'll put you where you need to be, <laughs> which is right back humble, thankful, you know, and loving and kind. <laughs> but maturity is someone who walks by faith and not by sight. When the situation comes, they, they immediately run to God, knowing that God's already got the answer. Um, let's see. Second Corinthians 4 and 18. While we do not look at things which are seen, okay, something bad happens. It's right in front of you. What are you going to do? You know, you're going off to the things which are not seen. Someone who's mature, that's exactly what they're going to do. For the things which are seen are temporary. That HVAC problem is temporary. I know it was temporary because I have a loving, giving God who I knew he already had, a, had the answer for me. But the things which are not seen are eternal. He already had the answer. I just needed to figure out what the answer was and, and work with him toward it. And he came through. So C says faith and believing. So faith is a noun. Okay? It is a thing. We are given the measure of faith at salvation. So as a believer, you cannot say, I don't have faith. You have been given the measure of faith and all the faith you'll ever need. Okay? The church says this. Or Jesus says, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. But the church seems to teach, if you have the, um, the faith the size of a mountain, then you can move the mustard seed. <laughs> when you go to church, doesn't that how, how it seems what they teach? If, if you had, if, if, if. Well, no, no, I do. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. I just need to work my faith. Have all, you have all the faith you will ever need. Two is believing is a verb. It is an, an action. It releases the faith that you have. So faith must be released or it is called dead faith. James 2 and 17 says,
faith without works is dead. I'm not sure if I had that one. Faith without works is dead. You have faith, but it might as well be dead because you're not using it. <laughs> not like it's supposed to be used. We should have uh, lots of results in our life about the faith that God's given us. But we have to believe. We have to put action to what we believe. Okay? So uh, number eight says, faith is, is released in two ways. Okay? So you have faith. Well, how do you release the faith, this faith? So A, a words release faith. My words are important. Second Corinthians 4.13, which I believe we already read. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to, to what it is, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. You know what? If you believe it, you'll start speaking it. It'll start coming out of your mouth. Okay? <clears throat> I had a situation where um, I, had, I, was, I was dealing with this arthritis, and I can't remember, it's this particular arthritis. It was in my elbow, my right elbow, and my left knee. It was so painful. It felt like, like when I moved it, it felt like somebody was, had a knife in there and was just kind of spinning it. On top of that, I had these blisters around those areas also. So I went to God and I said, God, here's the situation. I know by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. So what, what do I need to do? He goes, don't say anything to anyone. So I didn't even say anything to Diane, my wife. He goes, anytime you feel anything, you just say, by the stripes of Jesus, you, uh, I am healed. Elbow, you're healed. Knee, you're healed. I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed of this. You paid for it. I receive it, and I thank you for it. Even though there was no manifestation of it yet. Well, every time I felt, that's what exactly what I did. And then about six weeks went by, and I noticed I wasn't having any pain or any kind of blistering or any kind of, you know, any of that stuff. Completely healed, and I've been healed since, and it's never come back. Thank you, Jesus. I spoke. All right? I spoke the words. So, uh, number one says, God released his faith by words. Everything that you see was made by God's word. What he spoke. All right? Number two, Jesus released his faith by words. He spoke to storms. Can you imagine the disciples when Jesus started saying, be still? <laughs> and they're probably looking at him like, what are you doing? And then they were amazed because the storm obeyed his word. Right? He spoke to trees. He spoke to fevers. He spoke to demons. And guess what? They obeyed. Things respond to the word of God. So get God's word on it. Speak what he says, and you'll see the change. You'll see the difference. Okay? So B is actions release faith. It's another way to release your faith. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, sometimes we, we just speak the word, and sometimes there's something we have to do. Um. Jesus said, this is C, Jesus said, and they acted on his word. 
And I'm not going to go, I'm not going to read each one of these scriptures because you guys are very familiar. Jesus is in the synagogue teaching, and he sees a man with a withered hand. And he says, stretch forth your hand. Now, that man had a choice. He could have thought, how cruel you are. You know I can't do that. <laughs> but, in, but he didn't do that. He believed, and he stretched out his hand, and his hand was made as whole as ever. There was something that he needed to do. Now, sometimes you are in the same situation. God might say, do this and do it. God said for me to write those scriptures down and put them on top of a medicine cabinet and then share those things. And then, you know, eventually I received my healing. There was something I did, right? Um, go show yourself to the priest, the 10 lepers. As they went, they were healed. Take up your bed. And he was able to take up his bed. Well, before he couldn't do that. The blind man to go wash. He put dirt, you know, mud all over his, his eyes and said, go wash. He went. He did what God said, what Jesus said, and then he was healed. So um, let's see. Fill those water pots. Draw out some. And guess what? Then the water was made to wine. <laughs> it's something that they had to do. They got the word of God on it, but there was something they had to do. They could have chosen not to, and they would not have had the miracle. So when God says, you bring a situation to men, God says to do something, do it in faith, knowing that God's going to move and work in your behalf, okay? So Or Roberts, when he had all his tent meetings and he was on TV, he would say, just lay your hands on the, on the TV. It was an act of faith. And when they, people did that and they put their hands on the TV, they were healed. And then um, I shared just now about the acid reflux and writing that I did that and I was healed. So, conclusion, the key thoughts is, faith is heart assurance that spiritual realities are yours before you even see them in the natural. Faith is founded on the spoken, rhema word of God to you. Okay? So when you hear testimony and, they, and God told them to do something, they did it, and you're like, oh, if I do that, will that happen for me? No. You go get your own word, your own rhema. If it is not, you will either be in foolishness or presumption. Faith and believing are not the same thing. You have faith. You need to put action to your, um, to your faith, which is believing. And D says, believing is the release of faith. You do this by speaking and taking action. And last of all, just do what, when you go to Jesus, just do what he tells you to do. Speak what he tells you to speak. Do what he tells you to do, and then you will see the actions of your faith, which is receiving the truth. So I know this was a little long, but thank you very much for being patient with me. Um, this is a wonderful lesson.